Welcome to the Equipped Podcast, where corporate woman Cassie Duke and college basketball coach Clarice Garcia help you uncover what God's Word says about who you are and His promises for you. This podcast is a journey to equip and empower you to operate and thrive in your God-given identity. Great day and welcome back to the podcast, The Equipped. I am joined with Cassie Duke. Cassie, we are talking about all this uh, unprecedented moments that are going on right now in just the entire world. I mean, you talk about crazy unknown times, um, but yet here we are. Yeah. And hey, everybody, welcome. And Clarice, you said that well. I mean, we're in a season where literally there's this worldwide, quote, pandemic going on. And I'm sure all of you have heard of it because you would have to be really (laughs) hidden to not have heard it on the news or whatnot lately. So Clarice, very interesting times, very new Mm -hmm. times. And I find it very interesting that what we're going to talk about today out of God's word, while this was unexpected to us, God has some really relevant points Mm -hmm. uh, in his word that we can talk through today that are relevant to these times. Absolutely. And like Cassie said, I mean, we're in a time right now where, you know, businesses have closed down, schools have shut their doors. Um, A lot of people don't know where they're getting their next meal, their next paycheck. And when that happens, reality of circumstances can really drive us to feel so many different sentiments and take so many different heart stances, even in each moment. Um, You know, and so we're kind of looking, though, again, through a different lens, because we do have Jesus. And when we have Jesus, we can look at things a different way. I know, for me personally, um, I get a little bit of extra downtime, a little bit of extra non office time, a little bit of different time to just sit and reflect. Um, That's been unexpected. You know, even my dad is in town, and we're able to spend even more um, intentional time together. Cassie, I know you, I don't know, how awesome it is for you because you're already home, but you get even greater extended time to be at home. Yeah. So as many of you know, in the last month, my husband and I welcomed our new baby girl. Um, So I was actually already home on maternity leave. And through this, um, these times with businesses closed and a lot of people working from home, my husband, we're very thankful, has the capability to work from home and We've had some family visit and Clarice, I like the way you said that, of taking some intentional time with the family. Yes. You know, we can look at these times and go, oh gosh, we're stuck inside, mm-hmm. we're stuck in the house. We can't go out to the businesses, like Clarice said, that are closed. Um, and it would be easy to look at that in a negative way, but Clarice, I love your perspective of saying, okay, this can be intentional time that we can yeah. spend with those closest to us. Yeah. And we, you know, we can, we can look at the situation as thoroughly bleak. Um, and the Bible shares situations of times that were absolutely trying and absolutely tough. And one of the ones that we're going to talk about today actually comes from First Kings, and it kind of spans from about 16 to 19, and we'll kind of highlight some of it, but then really pinpoint some other parts of it. Um, but you talk about a trying time and untimely, unbelievable circumstances. We're going to talk about the story of an eagle, evil king, his god, other god-worshipping queen, and where they had no rain for three years. Cassie, can you imagine that? I, yeah. I, I can't. I can't even imagine. Three years. You talk about not being able to feed yourself, your family, li- your animals, livelihood goes 
in a completely different direction. And, you know, we're probably just in our country about two, you know, two ish weeks into this. I can't imagine three years of no rain. So let's, let's dig into that. And so if you do, if you are following us in um, with your Bible, we are in, like I said, first Kings uh, 16 to start and then we'll kind of go through, but basically in essence, at the time, um, Ahab was named the King of Israel and the word of God says he did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And I can't imagine, cause if you guys go and read back through Kings, there were some pretty evil Kings, um, I would hate to be that, how that was described to me that I was just super evil. Um, and then it continues to say as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in sins, he married Jezebel. And that could be a whole nother thing about, you know, picking your partner in marriage and partner in life. So we can maybe back pocket that one from another time, but basically because of her family lineage, they ended up serving Baal, who was the God at the time and worshiped him. And it was described of them that they did more to provoke the Lord to anger than all the kings of Israel who were, who were before him. Again, crazy. So in those times, if you go back through and read in any of the um, Old Testament, you'll know that at the time there was usually a prophet. And so the modern day prophet during that time was Elijah. And so the Lord told Elijah to go tell King Ahab. And he says, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these three years except by my word. And so when he spoke those words, it happened. And so you kind of get a take of Elijah being provided for by God during this. And, you know, God really um, helped him and guided him um, to survive. And I just think of even just hard pausing there for a second, Cassie, he relied on God's word. He relied on what God was telling him in, in a bleak situation where others around him were maybe perishing or panicking, but he yet trusted on God's provision. Yeah. And what a, what a discipline that is, you know, mm-hmm. I parallel that to like we are today. And like you said, our couple weeks we're dealing with here versus years, but you know, the discipline that Elijah had to, to lean on what the Lord had said, because it's yeah. so easy for us to look around with our eyes or what we see in the natural and lean on that. And so mm-hmm. I'm so encouraged by this story already mm-hmm. hearing his example of how we can keep our eyes on Jesus and lean into that truth and not, what we see, I know we'll talk more about this in a minute, but not what the news is saying or what our next door neighbor is saying. So this is really, really good stuff. Yeah. And what's so neat about it is he um, just had really cool um, experience with this woman who he had sought help from to get some food and her son ended up passing away, but he, through the spirit of God was able to pray and the spirit of God brought that that son back to life and the woman declared now i know that you're a man of god and that the word of the lord is in your mouth and it is truth Mm -hmm. and how neat to just know that you know in spite of this you're like okay god even in these bleak times i can still do your will um and so that was just that's just a cool thing to just know that such a god-fearing man was able to stay solid and strong in that moment And so like he had prophesied after three years, God told Elijah to show himself to Ahab and through an encounter with Ahab's, um, he was the head of his house. His name was Obadiah. 
um, in Obadiah was described as a man who feared God greatly. And I want you to remember that we're not going to get there just yet, but just remember that he feared God greatly. We're going to get back to that point. Um, and so basically, in essence, when Elijah presented himself to Ahab, he told him that they were going to do this massive sacrificial standoff to see which God was real, the God of Israel or Baal, whom they had previously been worshiping. Um, and it was the biggest showdown of that time period. I think of all the things that are shut down right now, but if there were TVs and ability to cast that worldwide, people would have tuned in to watch this. I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so basically Elijah had said to them, you call the na- on the name of your God and I will call upon the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And so, you know, the prophets of Baal went first and they went to such great lengths um, to get Baal to answer them and nothing happened, nothing, which for obvious reasons we know why, because there's one God. And yep. so after they went and they just toiled and cut themselves just all this crazy stuff. Y'all got to read it. This portion of it is specifically in 18. So y'all got to read that one. Mm -hmm. But it says then Elijah prepared the altar for the animal sacrifice and prayed God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me that these people may know you, you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. And basically, instantly, fire fell and consumed everything. So it consumed the animal sacrifice, it consumed the water. And that's the crazy thing is if you read the actual story, they had dumped water all over that. And if anyone has ever tried to light anything, especially like wet wood, that doesn't work. And so just the power to know that, man, he, God consumed everything. And what it did was all the people saw it and declared that the Lord is God. And crazy enough, Elijah then got all the prophets of Baal and put them together and slaughtered them. So that was kind of gruesome part of it. But (laughs) like, I was reading that. I was like, oh, that's, that's so what they did back then. But um, anyways, but then at that point you read in 1819, God sent the rain And it's so cool just to see the trust that, you know, a man can have in God and do such great things in his name. So then Ahab, the king of the time, goes and tells his wife and she gets word to Elijah. In my mind, maybe if it were modern day, she might have texted him, FaceTimed him, something, got the (laughs) message to him and said, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them, meaning the one he had slaughtered by this time tomorrow. And in first Kings 19, three, it says, then he meaning Elijah was afraid and he arose and ran for his life. And crazy enough, this threat caused fear. And I think that's where we are globally is the threat of this virus, the threat of the unknown, the threat of, you know, where is my next meal coming from? Where is my paycheck coming from? Is my family going to be spared? Am I going to be safe? The threat of all that drove him to fear. And that is, Cassie, what we're going to be able to pull from today and talk a lot about today. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm as I read this, and real easy for us outside of the circumstances mm-hmm. to read this and react, but, you know, he does this, or the Lord, mm-hmm. um, through Elijah's faith, does this miraculous example of the Lord's power. And then yet, like you said, one chapter later, mm-hmm. this woman, uh, 
poses a threat and he runs scared mm-hmm. and you know i can identify with that yeah. you know, we have these great moments of great faith with the lord and mm-hmm. then yet we see some circumstance that can promote fear within us and so clarice and i believe you're going to go yeah. through, you know after he runs and then the lord actually speaks to elijah mm-hmm. and um he asked him the Lord says to him, what are you doing yeah. here, Elijah? Mm-hmm. I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel. And he goes on to say what he did. Yeah. Um, and he says, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And so even the Lord is going, Elijah, <laughs> what, what are you doing running from this woman? Mm-hmm. What are you doing running in fear? Yep. And he tells him to go and return. <laughs> I'm like, right? um, I'm like, but God, you just saw how I slaughtered those people. And she said, she's going to do that to me tomorrow. So you mm-hmm. put all the pieces together and keep, and keep Absolutely. me in one piece. Um, you know, and so then it does, it causes us to kind of get to this question then, okay, what is fear? Like why all of a sudden after this amazing display of God, does this fear creep in? And I think what's so neat about this story is that we see both types of fear. And that's why I remember when I was reading earlier about Obadiah, I said, make sure you hold on to that because it was described of him that he had the fear of the Lord. Um, and then the other type of fear that we saw was the fear from the threat. Um, and so the interesting thing, and you know, if you know one thing about us, you know many things about us, but one thing you know is that we love words and we love to see where they come from and all of that. And both words in Hebrew are the word yare. And in essence, it means to fear, revere, or be afraid. And those are kind of the three components of it. And when you think of fear, the one part of it is what, you know, what we're called to when we talk about fearing God. And if I'm going to describe myself as a God fearing person, it's in this essence where it says to stand in awe of, to honor and respect, or to revere, to inspire reverence or godly fear or awe, like I said before. And so those are the ways that we, you know, that's that fear of the Lord, not like that trembling, but just that awe and that reverence and just like, oh God, you are so vast and so holy and great. I can't even conceive in my mind space how great you are. That, you know, draws us, you know, to that place of worship and just awe of who he is. But then the third component of this word yare is to be afraid and to make afraid or terrify. And so it's crazy from one word, you can be driven to either aspect of this and and it's just so telling of how things in our world and situations can drive us to fear whether mm-hmm. awe and reverence for God and who he is and how he can act on our behalf in, in the midst of it or to take that stance of being afraid and terrified and not knowing and just you know turning and taking what was peace in your mind to now complete unrest uncertainty just adopting that yeah and what's crazy cassie is you know we look at this and so then we're like okay well if fear can be both sides well then you know well what what how does it come about and if we turn to second timothy 1 6 through 7 it talks about how fear is a spirit Um, And if you kind of, you know, go into the second part of that in seven, it said, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, Mm -hmm. love and self-control. And sometimes that gets translated into a sound mind. Um, And what's so crazy there is just that we do not have to adopt 
fear, which is that timidity and cowardice and just fear, fearfulness. Yeah, the fearfulness of man or circumstances mm-hmm. in, in the world. And I love how you just said from referencing Second Timothy that we don't have to choose that spirit yeah. of fear. One, the word tells us that's not what God gave us. So in those moments that we're feeling fearful, yeah. the type of fear, um, not fear of the Lord, but fear of circumstances. One, you can quickly identify when you're not um, you know, when you're not standing in faith because you sense that fear. And then to know that we have the choice. Mm-hmm. I love the scripture. Actually, Clarice, before you yeah. and I even talked about recording earlier this week, the Lord brought this one to my memory, you know, not only for these times that we're going through now, but even, you know, just stuff postpartum, having a baby, yeah. you know, talking about a sound mind and not fearing and the power and love and how we have the choice in that. And uh, I was listening to Joyce Meyer recently, and she does a great example of fear. And it's an acronym saying false evidence appearing mm. real, you know, and fear comes when we let something that's a non-truth because we see here in scripture, the truth that, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but when we yield to that, we, it's when we're letting something that's not truth or something that's false, yeah. um, and when it comes to God's word, that type of false, and we're letting it appear real. And then we're meditating on yeah. that and believing that that's going to be what's true. That's crazy. That's such a good, mm-hmm. and you know, for those of you that, that listen, we will put this on the website for sure. Um, but yeah, it is, it's not, it's not real. It's literally what we allow ourselves to fixate um, our focus on. And, mm-hmm. and the, the interesting thing too, is that fear is not, it is not a fruit of the spirit, right? It talks about fear being a yeah. spirit, but there is the spirit. And when you look, I know we've talked about this in the past. And if you want to go back and really let us talk in depth about this there, we did one on the fruit of the spirit, but it comes from Galatians five twenty two and 23. And it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And in nowhere yes. written in that, in that portion of scripture, does it ever talk about fear? And so we know then that if we are feeling that fear where we're, we're just crushed in spirit or soul, just about being so fearful, mm-hmm. we do not have to receive that. And it in fact tells us that we can combat that. And so Cassie, how do we combat fear? Yeah. And I'm just sitting here thinking that because you guys have been listening long enough to know I'm, I'm <laughs> practical. practical. <laughs> so, I'm sitting here, uh-huh. you know, hearing this story, yeah. trying to parallel it to today or you know, even in my personal life, you know, I, I'm reading these scriptures and I'm agreeing with it, but I've absolutely had pockets of fear recently Mm -hmm. or moments of fear. So, you know, first and foremost, what Clarice and I are saying is that we identify guys with that. Like if you've been watching the news lately and you see what's going on, you have that moment of fear. It's not wrong to, you know, have that sense. But what we're saying here, and Clarice, I love how you're bringing up, how do we combat this? Because what we're saying is the reality is as you walk through this life on earth, especially in what we're dealing with right now, it's not abnormal to have a sense of fear or to look at the false evidence and think, okay, that's really real. You know, you listen to the news long enough, you can get really caught up in that. And so um, we identify with that, but our encouragement to you is from that scripture to recognize it quickly when that fear comes up and you go, wait a minute, this is not what the Lord has given me. And so Clarice talking through, you know, so when we sense that moment or we have that pocket of fear, 
what are some practical things we can do? Or mm-hmm. what does scripture say about how we can combat yeah. that? Well, and you look then at the rest of second Timothy one, six and seven, it says, but mm-hmm. power, love and self-control. So again, it takes us back to, we are already equipped with the power, love and self-control to combat mm-hmm. it because the scripture says that um, perfect love casts out fear. And so yeah. you have to remember that, okay, Yes, it seems like the world, it would be okay to agree with how the world is taking on these situations and circumstances and, it, and it's okay to kind of adopt the world perspective, if you will, but we don't have to. Um, you know, I think of understanding just, it talks about that power. Um, you know, it's the power for, power for strength, power for ability, power to, um, you know, uproot that fear system, um, it's interesting because speaking of having additional time, um, I have a very big yard project that I'm working on right now that has been probably three years in the making. So if you can imagine trying to uproot weeds that have three years of underlying uh, root growth is mm-hmm. the vision. I'm sure your vision is accurate. It's, it's a very complex system underground. And so it's taking a lot of time and effort. And so even as I was, you know, pulling through some of these weeds and all this foliage in, in my backyard, um, God reminds me that we have to do the same because some of these fears, again, we have a very present one with the pandemic that has presented itself But more than that, we probably have some underlying fears about things in our life, fear of our future, fear of our, our, what our destiny will be fear of, um, you know, for single people who, who's my spouse, you know, fear of, you know, like Cassie said, a new mom, like this baby needs to stay alive. Like just all these different fears, um, you know, fear of authority, all these different things that have likely rooted themselves into the fabric of how we operate. And God is saying, no, you don't have to let that grow any further. Kind of like I've taken that stance in my yard. You will not be permitted to root yourself. You you long weed, long rooted weed. <laughs> no, no more. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's crazy because the type of, um, of weed plant, whatever that we're, that we're trying to kill off, it actually requires um, you to drill it and pour something in it to dissolve the root. Like that's how intense it is. And I think sometimes that's how it is. You know, we may cut it off, but if we don't get that root, it'll grow back. Um, And so one of the most practical things, um, kind of getting back to the practicality side of it, and the third thing in the scripture is just the sound mind. And it's just that admonishing and calling us to um, that sound mind where we get to choose peace. And I think of all the scriptures that we can um, turn to, and I know it kind of sounds cliche. It's like, well, find the scriptures that talk about peace. Well, no, yes, find the scriptures that talk about peace. And we're literally in God's word. You know, you look at a Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which we don't understand what's going on in the world right now, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And it will guard it. And it will mean that, okay, I can't let, I won't let that fear take root in there. Um, you know, you look, you look yeah. at another scripture, Cassie, were you going to say something? Sorry. <laughs> well, just, I feel really strongly yeah. about that Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in my spirit that guys, this isn't a suggestion. Mm-hmm. I see this so often in Christian circles of like, 
so often we as Christians, we look just as anxious or just as worried as the rest mm. of the world. Like this is another area that we can stand out and separate ourselves as believers. Like this is a, again, not a suggestion, but Paul is telling mm. us do not be anxious about anything, yeah. period. Like this isn't a, oh, just worry less or, oh, whatever. But I've been in plenty of Christian circles where I hear mm. panic, anxiety, worry, fear. And I'm not condemning those people, but this is, we need to take this serious in scripture that yeah. he's saying, do not be anxious about anything. This isn't just don't be anxious about the normal day to day, like anything that presents itself. There's nothing unknown um, to God that could happen here to man. Yeah. You know, like he is fully aware of all this. So it's saying, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with, with Thanksgiving. So we're even thankful yes. during these times, present your request unto God. And so Clarice, even just, this is such a practical yeah. verse and, even in these days, like just do some self-reflection. How much time are you spending scrolling social media, mm-hmm. reading the panicked meme, listening to the news, talking to your friends about how scary and bad it is? How much time is that what you're meditating on versus spending time in scriptures, listening to worship, hearing sermons and feeding that side of you that is the faith side that is saying, hey, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be anxious. The word is telling me here. I present my concerns mm-hmm. to the Lord in prayer and supplication. But then once I've presented them, they're with him yeah. to take care of. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thankful and I'm moving forward. And so Clarice, I think I love the fact that you brought that one up because that is such a direction for us always, but specifically in this time right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that we're, you know, we want to, um, the point we want to probably drive home with this is that sometimes things just become long overdue. And I, I think that, this allows us an opportunity, like Cassie said, to just sit back and just say, what kind of, what kind of thoughts am I letting root themselves? And more than anything, like God says in his word, he says in John 14, 27, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you not as the world gives, do I give to you? So let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And that's such a, just a great scripture to just rest on where you're like, man, okay, I don't understand what's going on in the world. I don't know, you know, a lot of different things, but yet I can receive this peace because it's different from how the world gives it. Yeah. And this is another commandment, you know, and Clarice already said it, it's in John 14. So this is new Testament. This is Jesus talking, but it also even makes me think of what the Lord was speaking to Joshua mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. You know, do not fear, do not be discouraged, yeah. be strong and courageous. And this is telling us the same thing here. Don't let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be yeah. afraid. So again, this is not a, just a nice suggestion that Jesus is saying. This is something he actually expects us to do because he's given us the ability to do so. That's why this verse starts with his version of mm-hmm. peace he's giving yeah. to us. And so he's like, you're not like the world. I'm giving it to you. And so he's equipped us with this thing, this peace from him that allows us now to follow this commandment of not letting our hearts be troubled or letting them Mm. be afraid. And that's so good. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. as we wrap up today, I I know one of the um, scriptures that is awesome to just pray over yourself and just walk in every day is Psalm 91. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. um, But you get to as you're reading it, you get to say um, just those words, like even in verse three, it says for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence, Mm -hmm. and turn it into a prayer, just turn it into a declaration. 
And you can just say, for God, you deliver me and you cover me. And I am covered with your way under your, and under your wings, I find refuge and just turn it into declarations. And it just, what we don't understand and we, because we can't see it often is how, when we speak and declare the word of God, it changes atmospheres, it changes attitudes, mindsets. We don't see it happening, but we have to trust that as we speak his word, it changes atmospheres, it changes environments, it changes our mindset, it roots in us. And that's how we replace those roots of maybe that fear or that anxiety or that anxiousness. And it just totally recalibrates us. I completely agree, Clarice. I love how you said that, that it's atmosphere changing. It's recalibrating Mm -hmm. even our own mind. So often we can be our own Mm -hmm. worst enemy when it comes to this area of fear and worry. We just let thoughts and whatnot just roll around in our head over and over and over. And so even when we speak the word, not only are we changing the spiritual atmosphere of our home, of our area, but it's also changing your, your thought life. And that's so powerful. I know we've spoken about that on previous podcasts, Mm -hmm. but I think of the Psalm 4610 that's talking about be still and know that I'm God. Like it's meditating that he is God. He's in control. Like Clarice's scripture, she just read, he has overcome the world. And you know, Psalm 91, this is something I'm actually, my husband did this. um, And I've really learned from him. Psalm 91 is one he has prayed over us. Um, since I've known him, and it's, I believe, Clarice, about yep. 16 scriptures. So I echo what Clarice said to go back and study this one because there's mm-hmm. so many truths. But um, you had an excerpt, and I had another one. Um, in 9 and 10, it says, um, Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come yeah. near your tent. So it's just another example of proclaiming God's truth and what he's promised us as his sons and daughters what we as believers can trust in him. And Clarice, that is where that mm-hmm. peace comes and it settles my heart in the midst of these moments and times where um, I may see trouble or I may even yeah. feel troubled. Uh, like you said, I can come to his word, read it aloud, guys. But, you know, there's one thing to just look at the page and read it. And that's powerful. But even speaking mm-hmm. it out loud, like Clarice suggested, hearing yourself say it, having your family hear you say it, do like my husband does and pray it aloud over your spouse and your kids, your friends, your parents, you know, don't be afraid to speak this out because you, I don't even need to say it. You're hearing the world speak their opinion and you're hearing the media speak their version of this fear. And the way we combat that fear is to come back with the word of God and speak his truth over these circumstances. And he promised to leave that peace, his peace with us. Yeah. Um, and t- so we don't have to be troubled or afraid during Amen. these times. And yeah. And just to close, um, you know, there, there are some really great um, prophetic words that have been spoken right now. And obviously, you know, they say test the spirit. And this is one I just want to uh, speak over those listening, even to kind of remind myself, you, Cassie, but just to speak this over us as we just channel our minds and hearts to just receive peace. So we'll do that and close and then we'll be good. Um, though the nations shake and tremble, I, God, did not call you to shake with fear. I called you to have courage. I called you to walk in peace. My peace is yours to walk in and my peace is yours to grab a hold of. It does not come and go depending on the circumstances that you face, nor is it based on wants, what's happening in the nations. Choose to walk in my peace. Choose to guard the peace of your hearts. Choose to not worry and choose to not be afraid. 
allow my peace to be a precious treasure that you hold on to no matter what may come for truly I have overcome the world. I call you to be an overcomer. So walk tall in peace and face the days ahead without fear. God bless everybody.